Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome everyone to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. This is your host Jasper. I'm in Taipei in, in Taiwan and. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, I was striking by the flu over the last few days, so my voice still is a little bit messed up, but uh, that doesn't stop me from recording a podcast episode with an amazing guest from Australia, and his name is Phil. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Hi, Jasper. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. How's it going back down under? Yeah, everything's good. I'm enjoying hosting on Airbnb. That's always um, keeping me busy, and actually, today's a Beautiful sunny day, believe it or not, for this time of year. We had a bit of rain last week, but it's come good again. So yeah, all happy days. All right. And where in Australia are you? I live in Adelaide, South Australia, um, population of about a million. Um, I was born here and I've grown up here. So yeah, that's that's where I'm living at the moment. Okay. And right now, is it is it winter in Australia or is it is it fall or is it spring? I always get confused. Yeah, no, autumn at the moment, so we're coming into winter. All right, you're coming into winter, okay. But it never really gets cold down there, does it? Um, I guess depends who you ask. For me, it does. Uh, but maybe for someone in England, um, <laughs> our winters would be their summer, maybe. Yeah, right. It's like you know, anything below 30 degrees Celsius, you call winter, is it? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right, man. So, t- so tell us about your your Airbnb. Like, how do you how did you find out about Airbnb? Um, that's interesting, actually. I was thinking about that the other day, speaking with a friend, and how I actually heard about it the first time was listening to another podcast um, where they interview entrepreneurs and whatnot. And one of the guests said the first venture he had done, which brought him in uh, a cash flow side from his day job, was Airbnb. And he's explaining um, what he did there. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I, I sort of checked it out a little bit. And um, yeah. It all started from there. Cool. And did you use Airbnb as a guest before you started hosting or did you just jump into the hosting straight away? I actually just jumped into the hosting straight away. Um, From the time that I heard about Airbnb to the time that I started hosting, I didn't really go on any trips anyway. So I didn't really get an opportunity. I I think if I had gone on some trips, I definitely would have stayed as a guest to experience it but that that didn't opportunity didn't really come up because i was busy doing my internship around that time and i wasn't traveling so yeah awesome man and what's uh, what's the experience so far you're pretty happy with it i love it um i think it's awesome um for a few reasons so like initially i, I actually started hosting a private room so i was living in the property and having guests come and, and stay with me um, so from that, I actually have gained some really good friends all around the world. Um, and, and some people that I still keep in contact with, um, that we plan to catch up again and all that type of thing. So in that as- aspect, it was really enjoyable meeting people from literally all, all walks of life, uh, and, and getting, uh, some, you know, 
getting to know some people, building a network, having some great times and whatnot. That was good. But then also I came to realize the financial aspect of it can become something substantial if you if you approach it in the right way. So yeah, I've, I've loved it so far. I think it's a great platform. And what made you just decide to rent out the entire apartment versus just one room? Um, I think I was always going to move out of that apartment at some stage because we have some um, interesting tax laws in Australia where say, say you own one property, right, like I do at this stage. It's actually more beneficial for you to rent out the property that you own to somebody else and then rent another property to live from somebody else. So even if I hadn't come across Airbnb, I would have moved out of that apartment at some stage. Um, uh, so that's the reason why I eventually did the, ho the whole apartment. And the, the only reason why I didn't jump to renting out the whole apartment straight away is because we have another interesting uh, setup here in Australia where if you're a first home buyer, they give you a, a grant of um, $15,000, it was at the time. But to get that grant, you need to have lived in the property for at least six months. So that's where I moved in for six months, probably about nine months in the end, did the whole Airbnb thing, and then moved out. So I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, so then you bought the property? Yeah, yeah. I owned the property myself, and I was always going to move out because of the tax laws here in Australia. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I had to, I had to live in it at some stage to get that grant that was on offer. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of similar in Holland. If you if you rent out a house where you don't live yourself, then you can pay taxes. What they call it is it's like a wealth tax. You basically pay uh, a small amount on the, the value of your belongings. Whereas if you live in the house and you rent it out, you know, temporarily, then you have to report it as income tax. Is that similar to the way it is in Australia, or? Um. I uh, didn't quite um, fully understand it. Um, are you saying it's more beneficial for you guys to rent off of somebody else and rent your own property out? Yeah, it's basically yeah. if you own a house and you rent it out, and if you don't live there, then they consider it an investment property, which means yeah, that yeah. you don't pay income tax. You only pay oh. something like a wealth tax or property tax or whatever you want to call it, but it's much lower oh. than you would pay if it would be an income tax. Yep, yep, gotcha now. Yep, mm. yep. Now, there's all, all these laws that I think everyone would have to consider depending on where they live. So, this is all specific to, to Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. So, I'm looking at your listing right now, and I've noticed a couple of things that are interesting. First of all, I've noticed that you have in the title, it says winter price slash in capital letters. Yep. Um, what was the reason that you put that in your title? Um, well, I did that to catch people's attention, I guess, is the simple way to answer that. Mm -hmm. Um, especially coming into winter, Adelaide isn't the biggest city in Australia. Most people would have heard of Sydney and Melbourne and probably Brisbane before, before they've heard of us. We do get a fair bit of tourism. Like I was reading up, we get, um, 6.3 million, uh, overnight stays per year. Um, I think was, it was last, last year's results. So there's, there's enough people coming, but I've definitely noticed the the views on my listing um, reduce coming into winter and then also the amount of people requesting to book reduce. So I, I just did that to grab people's attention and um, try and maintain the bookings over winter. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And even in your about this listing section, it says this apartment features a 100% clean cleanliness, 
guarantee and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Normally valued at $199 per night, I've slashed that price over winter due to less demand. Book today to secure a bargain. So you're really focusing on, you know, really trying to market your your place as as a, as a bargain. Is that is that work? How's that working for you? I think that's working well, actually. Of like my bookings are looking pretty good coming into winter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I was worried about about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, like I said, because I could see the demand drying up. So that approach I'm pretty happy with for this winter because the, the, the main aim really is profitability. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess at the end of this winter, this is the first full winter that I've rented out the apartment. I'll be able to answer that better. But I, I'm pretty happy with – like since I've done all that, that wording and that uh, title, I've I've been getting more views and, and more requests – so I think it's helped. Um, I think long term, though, I'll, as I get more reviews, because I'm only at 17 reviews on this account at the moment, um, as I get more reviews, I, I shouldn't have to reduce it by so much. Um, I think as I get higher up in the in the rankings on the on the Airbnb search function, then I shouldn't have to reduce it as much. So mm-hmm. yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 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 an interesting idea to uh, you know. I always tell people to focus on a specific uh, demographic or a specific audience, and so your you know your audience is kind of like the the bargain hunter, so to speak. And I don't see very many listings that target that specific audience. So uh, I think it definitely could uh, could work. Uh, another thing I noticed about your listing, which is interesting, is that in your description you've actually you've actually in- included a, a number of reviews from your former guests. I think that's a pretty yeah. smart idea as well. I think I got that idea of you, Jasper. So oh, really? <laughs> credit to you, mate. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I, swear, I swear I said, I think you said something like that in a recent uh, podcast. Um, you spoke about common mistakes that um, hosts make. And whether you said specifically to put, people's reviews into your description or whether you were just saying that sometimes the the guests can provide a better description of the place than the hosts. So yeah. I, had, I just had that idea straight away. I popped on the account and just put some of the good reviews I've had up there so people can see for themselves, mm-hmm. you know. So it's yeah. social, proof, social proof, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And uh, somebody else, I can't remember who it was, but somebody else mentioned a while ago to me that it's also a smart idea to put reviews in the captions. I think okay. it was I think it was Evelyn uh, Badia who has her own uh, website where she she provides advice on on Airbnb. Uh, I think she mentioned it to me first. Uh, like the first six pictures are the ones that people you know, always look at, and and so you know how you can make captions, right? And a lot of hosts actually forget to do this. A lot of hosts don't have any captions. But the captions are a very valuable tool to provide more information and to make your listing you know, more attractive. And so one thing that you could do is if you don't really know what kind of caption to attach to your photo, then you could just take one of the reviews that your guests have written and just put it in there. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good idea, especially for... For pictures like let's say you you have four pictures of the living room right so the first picture you would say something you would describe the living room describe the experience that people can have but then it's a second picture and it, it shows the living room from a different angle and you know you could highlight something different in your living room which which you know like after three or four pictures you kind of like feel like you're running out of things to say and then you can just plug in a review 
Yeah. But the other thing that, that uh, reviews are very useful to, I, I just did this coaching call with one of my community members in, in Madrid, in Spain. And, you know, this guy, he, he's not a native English speaker. So I think he was having trouble writing like a, a catchy description on, on this Airbnb listing. And so I was going through his listing and I was kind of like coming up with some, some stuff that he could write. But then I scrolled down to his reviews. And this guy had amazing reviews. There's like at least like 10, 15 reviews where people were describing his place and the neighborhood and were talking about all this like cool stuff. And I literally told him like, man, you could just literally copy paste some of the reviews, <laughs> just kind of rewrite it a little bit because it was perfect English. It was probably uh, Americans who were visiting uh, Spain and they, they really wrote some awesome reviews. So you could literally just take that, rewrite it a little bit, and there you go. That's your description. I mean, the people who stayed at your place are the people who can best sort of like advertise it almost, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And another tip I would have for people that aren't English speaking and they're trying to target an English market is just go on upwork.com and, and, and hire a, um, a copywriter to go through your photos and if you can explain it to them in a Skype call what's good about your place in your own words, they could probably put it out in a, in a really attractive way because that's their job. They're, they're writing ads all day. So yep. that's something I would consider or recommend to others as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just a few more things that uh, as I'm scrolling through your listing, I'm curious, uh, I noticed you don't use the instant book feature. I don't. Yeah, you don't use the Instabook feature, do you? Well, I'm looking at my listing now, and it seems like I do have it on mine, so I don't know what the issue is there. Because for me, it uh, it says request to book, which, right. which I think it means, maybe if I fill in some dates, maybe that will change. I don't know. Let me try that. Maybe that's, maybe that's why, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, it's when I fill in the dates, it says instant booked. But yeah, when yeah I, it should be instant booked. Ah, interesting. You know what? Good that you say that, because often I get people ask me, um, they send me a message and say, oh, hey, is the place available on these dates? Um, and then I, I think to myself, why don't you just instant book? You know, that's the reason I've put it up there. But maybe they haven't plugged in the date. So I might actually put in the in the description here somewhere, please enter dates to be able to instant book or yeah. make it a bit more clear because I have missed out on a couple of people where I haven't gotten back to them quick enough. Right. And I said, oh, I eventually booked with someone else. And I just thought to myself, if you had just used Instant Book, it wouldn't be a problem. But maybe they didn't know about it. Yeah, you're right. I, I get that sometimes too. People asking me if it's available. I think the same thing. I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's pretty clear that it's available. But I think the reason why some people do ask is that I've noticed uh, because I'm using Airbnb as a guest as well. You know, I'm staying in an Airbnb right now in Taipei. Mm. And. And the way I go about finding a listing, I usually found like, you know, five to 10 listings that, you know, I would, I would like to stay at. And then I message the host and, you know, I, I often ask if I can get a discount. And, um, and a lot of times I, if I email like 10 people, then probably like seven or eight will be available. But there's always two or three who say, Oh, sorry, my place is not available, which is weird because, you know, I fill in my dates. So it shows up as available in the calendar. And I think this is something that's not very good for for Airbnb as a, as a platform, you know, because it's, it's kind of annoying when when it looks like the place is available and then suddenly it turns out it's not. And yeah, I know yeah. that um, I know Airbnb doesn't like hosts who don't update their calendars, but maybe that's why people 
ask if it's available because they they've had that same experience in the past where it looks like it's available then it turns out it's not so next time you know you don't trust the calendar anymore yeah i, I mean there's two ways that i look at that I, i think it's a massive shame that some hosts don't take it seriously enough even to just update their calendar because it, it really detracts from the platform and, and probably it, it'll it will stop Airbnb from becoming as common as it could. I mean, it, it, it is becoming huge, but imagine if all all hosts could at least just fill in their calendar properly. That would make it even better. But, I mean, another way I look at it um, in a more positive way is that if other hosts are doing that, it's so easy to set yourself apart just by getting the, the simple things right um, and not letting people down. So, yeah, there's two ways to look at it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, when... When you're trying to do everything right, I'd say you're probably ahead of like 90% of, of the other hosts. Because I think there's just a lot of people who who do this as a as a hobby or as like as a side income or and they don't necessarily you know try to figure out exactly how to, how to do a perfect job, right? It's, yeah, understand, think- it's understandable because you know it's it's you're getting into a new type of business right you're getting into hospitality business and mm. a lot of people are busy with their lives like they don't necessarily have the time to you know spend a lot of time figuring everything out so it's understandable but it also like you said it also means that if you do have the time to really try and do the best job you can then you know you can actually set yourself uh, apart from from the competition Definitely. And I, yeah. I, i think that's a really important point for those who are thinking about starting on airbnb and they they often ask themselves oh is is there enough demand are there enough people that visit my area you know and i always say look if there's hotels then there's people visiting right even if there's not a lot of airbnb listings or or sometimes people say well there's already a lot of listings in my area so i don't know if i should start my airbnb and this is exactly what i always tell them i tell them well if you do the best job you can, then you're probably going to be ahead of most of those other hosts. So the competition is not really, uh, should be like a big worry in my opinion. Yep. Yep. That's very good. Awesome, man. Um, so t- tell us about some of your experiences. Uh, I've seen, I noticed you've hosted, uh, you know, close to 20, 20 groups so far. So you must have had some, some good experiences, maybe some bad experiences as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've hosted around 20 groups on this account and I've hosted, so that's renting out the whole apartment. And then using another account, I hosted around 20 groups when I was renting out just the room. So overall, I've probably had about 40, 40 groups of guests come in. I mean, some positive experience would be like a young couple from Italy that stayed with me while I was living in the apartment. Um, Giovanni and Miriam, their names were, and we still keep in touch uh, to this day. We just had some really good times with them. Like they, they came down during summer and um, I'm Greek background myself. So whether it was a cultural thing that we just sort of clicked um, and, and really got on well. So, I mean, by the end of it, they were coming around to my parents' house for dinner and we were going out to bars together and going to day trips down to the wineries and that type of stuff. So that's definitely something that stands out as a really um, positive positive experience from Airbnb. Um Yeah, I don't know what else. What else you'd like to know? Like, yes, is there any? Did you have any challenges? Maybe you had some some problems, some issues, because there's always something goes wrong at some point, right? Even if it's, it's outside of your control, something breaks, or the guests are late, or they lock themselves out. Like, did you have any any sorts of yep, challenges? Uh, or have a couple now. So, um, I was on holiday in Melbourne a few months ago for my birthday with some friends, 
and I wake up in the morning to some messages on on um, on my phone from the cleaner. And at that stage, I was getting the cleaner to enter the property using the locked box. Um, and that's the same lockbox that the guests use. So I guess I was relying on the guests to put the keys back into the lockbox so that the cleaner could then use the keys to enter and clean. <clears throat> and my cleaner messages me and she's saying, oh, the, the, um, the keys aren't in the lockbox. So I'm thinking, oh, no, something's happened. And um, I called up the, the guest that had just left and he said, oh, yeah, I put the keys in the letterbox. And I, I was pretty frustrated because I was very clear in the – welcome letter, what to do with the keys and whatnot. So that, that put me out a fair bit. And luckily my, my dad um, came to the rescue and he was able to drive across town and, and give a spare key to the cleaner and we, and we all sort of made it work. Um, although even still the, the, the guests that came in I couldn't access the garage because both of, both of the garage remotes were in the letterbox and there were no spare letterbox keys um, in Adelaide at the time. So I had to come back from Melbourne I didn't cut my holiday short or anything because it was only by a couple of days and, and the guests could still enter the apartment. But um, they could only enter the garage when I got back from my trip to Melbourne and uh, opened up the letterbox to get the garage keys out. So there's a couple of things I, I learned from that. It was um, definitely be smarter with having spare keys to letterbox keys to the apartment, spare garage remotes um, with people that you trust you know, in, in the city because a lot of hosts – like yourself and like myself, travel while we are hosting. Um, so you've got to really got to be extra careful with that. And then another thing is that, I mean, I, I want to set up my system so that there's uh, pretty much no reliance on on my guests because, I mean, they're entitled to leave the keys in the letterbox, I guess, even if I ask them to put it in the lockbox. I mean, they're on holidays. They're not really that worried about, you know, exactly what to do so i um have to set up my systems so that there's no room for human error as such that's a good great point and it's great that you immediately think about what are the learning lessons of this uh, situation right because you know when you start hosting on airbnb you think you've got everything covered and then you find out that uh uh, people actually don't read your your welcome book, which is which is very common. I actually just had a I got a message from one of my friends because I put in my welcome book I put a few phone numbers of my friends just just for emergency, right? Just in case like for some reason they can't reach me and they can't reach my uh, my manager. At least I give them a few more options to contact somebody, right? And so I, and so uh, a guest who was about to check in like uh, a few days after uh I messaged one of one of the emergency contact numbers and so my friend messaged me he goes like oh i've got a message from this guest uh what do you want me to do and i'm like okay well this this person hasn't actually arrived yet so yeah you can't you can't really rely on the fact that people will first of all read all the information that you sent them and secondly you got to be aware that sometimes people will you know, misinterpret it or, um, you know, misread things. And, you know, it could also have to do with a language barrier, you know, like my guidebook yeah. is in English and this particular person was uh, from Italy. So I don't know, maybe his, you know, maybe his English isn't, isn't perfect. I mean, probably his English isn't perfect. I mean, my English isn't perfect either. So yeah, good, good point that you write. I had some, um, I had some, uh, Malaysian guests come and stay and, 
what I said about the lockbox was uh, make sure you you what did I say? Make sure you oh okay. So there's a code on the lockbox, like a three digit code, and I said on there make sure you reset the lockbox, meaning that the numbers aren't left to be what the actual password is. But they they took it to mean or actual change the code. So um, they found out a way, you know, on the back of it, there's a latch. You change the latch. You set a new code, this and that. And they got back to me and said, oh, you know, we changed the code. And I'm thinking, oh, no. So luckily I was I was um, at my phone at the time and I let the cleaner know about the new code and then got her to change it back to a new one. So I've, I've made those instructions more clear because I think it's a good point that you raise. We've got to keep in mind that not everyone staying in our listings speak the same language as us. So the language in um, specifically the instructions, probably more so than than the listing, any instructions you give people have to be very simple and very clear. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think that's a great uh, that's a great learning lesson. Did you have mm-hmm. Did you have any other uh, challenges? Yeah, I've had the the shower um, shower drain block at one stage, and um, I think it was. The previous guests I had, uh, I reckon, I don't know, the, the lady must have been molting or something because even my cleaner said, she goes, oh, there were a lot of hairs in the in the shower and they were like red hairs or something. So she made a mention of it and then I don't think it was coincidence that the next day the shower drain blocked. And um, I was at work at the time so I couldn't race down and, and try and do anything about it. So the guests told me about the shower drain being blocked my other contacts, like my cousin, my brother, my dad, they were all busy at, at work or, or at uni. So I had to call a plumber and arrange for a plumber to access the apartment. And that was difficult because plumber plumbers don't really want to access it uh, from a locked box. They, they want someone to be there, I guess, for safety and security reasons. So yeah, I had to get a friend to meet a plumber later in the day. And yeah, it was a bit of a mess. And, and I was pretty disappointed because that particular guest was only staying for one or two nights and I've really got the goal. Like you can see in my listing, it says 100% satisfaction guarantee and um, I feel like I let her down because it was a bit of a hindrance to her stay. Like she had to let me know about it. The shower wasn't in full use for a few hours. I mean, I got onto it pretty quickly but what I did was um, refund her one of the nights uh, just to make sure that she felt she'd been given a good deal because um, I didn't want her coming away thinking she had a bad experience. So in the end, I think she was appreciative and, and it all went well. She left a really nice review and um, yeah, all, all was well. That's a good way to deal with that situation. You know, In the end of the day, it's our job as a host to make our guests stay as, as comfortable as possible. And you know, you're going to run into issues at some point and sometimes they're out of your control, but that doesn't mean that you're not responsible for it, right? Because uh, in the end of the day, it's it's like in Holland we have an expression. It's like the the customer is king, you know. Like you, that's just the way it is. I mean, the customer is what is bringing the business, and mm. so you got always got to think in in from their perspective. And uh, and I, I think you have a great uh, mindset there. Um, and I think yeah. that's that's the one mindset you want to have uh, to become very successful in Airbnb. Thanks, Jasper. I think uh, the way I look at it, pretty simply, was. I could have easily not refunded her. I mean, she didn't even really complain at all, to be honest with you. Um, and like I said, it was just that the shower was out of use for a few hours and, and you know, I, I did jump onto it and get it fixed. But I looked at it this way. I thought, if I don't do that, I leave leave open an opportunity for her to give me a bad review. 
And I just sort of summed it up. I thought, would I rather have the, I think it was $130, $140 at that stage per night, um, depending on the demand. So I, I thought to myself, would I rather have the extra $130 and the bad review or refund that money and be almost sure that she's not going to leave a bad review? Because I think it's that law of reciprocity. Like once you've given above and beyond to somebody, how could she then turn around and give me a bad review? That'd be pretty pretty harsh, I think. So not having that bad review is worth much more than a couple hundred dollars. You know, you, you don't want to get bad reviews, especially early on in the piece. Yeah, absolutely. And also this person, you know, is very happy. So she might be telling other people about your listing. She might come back. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, potential uh, extra revenue in the future that comes from uh, a happy guest. Yep, that's a good point. I mean, she lives in Melbourne, so there's every chance she'll come back to Adelaide at some stage. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, we're, we've got a lot of other things to talk about. We're coming up to 30 minutes, and I want to kind of keep these episodes uh, around 30 minutes. But how about we do another episode? Would you be down for that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Because I know uh, before we started recording... Um, you told me some uh, some interesting questions that you had, and I'd love to discuss those with you. So, why don't we go ahead and have Phil on to for the next episode? That would be that would be great. Hi, right, Jasper. We'll speak then. So, thanks, Phil, for uh, coming on to the show. We're going to have you back next week, and uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening. And also, I've got a announcement to make because I've mentioned before on the podcast that uh, me and my good friend Josefa have been working on the next version of Get Paid for Your Pad. We've actually added over fifty percent content to the book. We've uh, updated the whole book. We've <clears throat> added new screenshots. We've added new updates that Airbnb has implemented. And I really have implemented all the lessons that I've learned over the last uh, few years doing these podcasts and also my own experience with my listing in Amsterdam. So it's really uh, proven to be uh, it's you know an, an amazing resource. It's going to be much better than it is now. So I wanted to let you people know that uh, we're going to be launching it on June 1st. And so for a few days, we'll be offering the book for just $2.99, which is, uh, you know, about 70% discount from the, uh, from the original price. So just want to, uh, let you guys know if you want to get updates about the launch of the book, uh, please go ahead and go to getpaidforyourpet.com. You'll be able to sign up for my newsletter there. And, uh, you know, you also, if you sign up, you also receive uh, a lot of uh, emails with good information about Airbnb hosting as well. So go ahead and, uh, and sign up and, um, I'll keep you up to date on the launch. And then, uh, you know, next week we'll see you again with, uh, Phil from Adelaide. So thanks for listening and uh, goodbye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.